Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to all new fun field edition of Second City Sports. You real live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Grove again on the IG. Make sure you download this Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can follow our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this fabulous program, Second City Sports? You could do so by subscribing to our podcast at War Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? It's W A R R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W A R R Media. Once again, at W A R R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any opinions during our two hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina football to give you fools to build and beer boot. Bye-bye. And before we begin, we'd like to remind you that you can now catch Sports Zone Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. You have a, already have a Roku television? Just tap into the sports section and download Sports Zone Chicago app today. That's right. Celebrate with the squad as DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls are doing there in that beautiful picture for those of you watching on YouTube. Celebrate with the squad. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you don't have a Roku TV... Yeah, any uh, device that you be you can watch us from the tablet, your phone, yes, or smartphone, laptop, smart TV, yeah, smart TV, exactly, all that stuff. Yeah, just download download that Roku uh, Roku TV app. Just tap into the sports section. Just add Sports on Chicago to the channel, and there you go. You can access Sports on Chicago's programming live and on demand, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. So Sports on Chicago is now on. Roku TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna get you to do that full time one day <laughs> with mm. the Roku TV. 
All right, let's kick off this um, Monday edition of Sega City Sports by paying homage and respect to a to a fallen legend, not only in the game of basketball in the world of sports, but also in the game of life. He is William Felton Russell, also known as the late great Bill Russell. He was born on February 12th, 1934. He passed away yesterday at the age of 88. Uh, he died peacefully uh, alongside his family. He was an American professional basketball player who played as a center for the Boston Celtics of the National Basketball Association from 1956 to 1969. A five-time most valuable valuable player and a 12-time All-Star was the centerpiece of the Celtics dynasty that won uh, 11 championships during his 13-year career. Russell and Henry Richard of the National Hockey League are tied for the record for the most championships won by the athlete in the North American Sports League. Russell is widely considered to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He led the San Francisco Dons to two consecutive NCAA championships in 1955 and again in 56. And he captained the gold medal winning U.S. national basketball team at the 1956 Summer Olympics. He was known as the Minister of Defense, just like the late great Reggie Wright in pro football. He helped revolutionize the game and the way that the rules have changed for defensive players, even in today's a game of basketball. He became the first black head coach in 1966, grabbed two more championships during his last two years as a coach player. And he was involved in the broadcasting world after his career was over. And he continued to mentor uh, future NBA superstars like Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Dr. J. Julius Irving, even today's stars like Kevin Durant, the late Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Durant, to name a few. Lakina, I got the news a half hour before the Sox game yesterday. I was shocked just like everybody else. I respected this man both on and off the court. What uh, we're going to talk about it, but what struck to what struck me most about Mr. Russell is not what he did on the basketball court. We could talk about that all day, but what's most important in my mind is what he did mentoring young players and mentoring people in his intellect, not just in the world of sports, but also in the game of life off the court. Yes, he's one of those sort of like athletes that transcend sports. I mean, all his we know all his great accomplishments. You know, he was eleven and one in NBA Finals, twelve time All Star, five time uh, MVP, league MVP. You know, he was elected to the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame in seventy five, and of course, the NBA Finals trophy is named NBA Finals MVP trophy. I should say is named after him. But everything he did off the court to kind of like you know fight for civil rights, even you know even recently he was fighting for civil rights and whatnot with all the unrest that happened at the height of the pandemic, and of course. He shared and was very, it was very uh, candid, very vocal about what he went through in Boston, where he was, you know, he wasn't treated very well, you know, going to West restaurants and, you know, buying houses and whatnot and buying property because of the color of his skin. And of course, we all know the history of that. So he's one of those guys that kind of like sort of, you know, goes through like on both sides, went through multiple generations, like you said, sedimentary athletes. There was a video that went viral uh, yesterday after the news of his death. Um, him talking to Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I think it was like the I I, I don't know I'm not sure what the year it was. I think that was, that was his last Kobe's last All Star game. I think you know it might have been a little bit before that. So you know, they were really like going in depth, and I think they were doing some things together, of course, for his Kobe's untimely death. And mm-hmm. sort of it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like you know you remember the player, you remember the man, but you also too the trailblazer in so many ways. And I think there's really not not enough superlatives to say about Mr. Russell. I mean everything you know. Everything with all the other, with everything that we went through, I guess, on and off the court. Also, his, his rivalry with uh, Will Chamberlain, who died back in the early 2000s. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, people compare and, you know, contrast, you know, 
Wilt was a 13-time All-Star. He you know, won four MVPs. He was only two, two and four uh, in the NBA Finals. But, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, I'm sure they're not having a nice little talk now. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably <laughs> laughing about it up in heaven at this point. But uh, just, you know, like, you know, seeing some of the stories we saw, uh, Magic's tweet and some of the others. I know Steph, you know, uh, shared, Steph Curry shared a tweet yesterday and some of the other Jalen, you know, Jalen Brown also as well and whatnot. So it's definitely, you know, kind of like a guy that sort of transcends like multiple generations from your parents and your grandparents' age to now. And, you know, to see even younger people know who he was and how much what he did and how much he kind of, you know, transcended like everything that he did. You're listening to Second City Sports, an all-new Monday edition right here, live in the 11 color on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we honor uh, the late, great Bill Russell, who passed away yesterday at the age of 88. He passed away peacefully in his home with his family by his side. Lakina, I want to continue that conversation about him mentoring young people and mentoring the young superstars and players in the NBA. It, it, it was interesting to see those tweets yesterday with Steph Curry, LeBron James, Michael Jordan had a statement as well. I, I think you have mm-hmm. it in front of you. If you have, if you have, you you could please read it in just a moment. But uh, the reason why the our society today knows about Bill Bill Russell because his his legacy uh, has been uh, kept alive. And also, even though Bill Russell was a private man, uh, he was around around the game as I mentioned earlier, as a broadcaster. He also did a second a second and third stints as a head coach, the Seattle Supersonics, when they were created in the late 60s and the early 70s. I believe he was their first head coach of that franchise before they won uh, the NBA championship back in 79. He was gone by then. He was in a broadcast. Mm-hmm. And then also he coached the Sacramento Kings in the late 80s, but he didn't stay there too long. But he was always around the game, uh, dropping wisdom, as the kids would say, on the young players. And the young players respected that. He didn't come in trying to uh, point the, his finger in their face. He wanted to pick their brains to see where they were in life and just have intelligent conversations. And young people respected that. People in general respected that. He wasn't trying to come in there trying to take over them to think the way he thinks. Uh, and that's that's not the man that he was. He respected everybody. He shared his wisdom with every, any and everybody that wanted to listen to him. He was a very thoughtful man. And people in general, not just young people, but people in society who have thought and who have cared, they really respected that about Mr. Russell. Yeah, it, it's well, and if you saw during like the 75th uh, anniversary celebration, that you know during the all-star this past all-star game i think he was right there everyone was there he's kind of mm-hmm. he was sort of like that you know just sort of like that mythical presence every all the players you know you know yesterday of yesteryear and also to during his era and also which unfortunately there are still you know few left in you know during his era but mm-hmm. now you know the the uh okay yeah the like the today's players i mean you saw you saw russell westbrook and the others uh gravitate towards him and sort of like you know this sort of like this giant you know both literally and figuratively and you know i can't i'm trying to get uh jordan's statement up i'll i'll try to see if i can get it. okay i'll i'll i won't read through, read through like the whole thing mm-hmm. but you know it's sort of one of those things where you kind of just you know you, you sort of feel you know for jordan because you saw if you saw uh the Bulls Twitter account, go back and watch the Chicago, listen to uh, read the Chicago, see the Chicago Bulls Twitter account. You see a, a picture of Jordan with Russell. I think that was a uh, hard to tell which one, uh, which championship it was, but I think that was like one of the last championships. And I got the, the statement here from MJ. He said, Bill Russell was a pioneer as a coach, as, as a player, as a champion, as the NBA's first black head coach, and as an activist. He paved the way and set an example for every black pair, player who came into the league after him, including me. The world has lost a legend. My condolences to his family and may he rest in peace. So you can tell that he, uh, 
like like you said, it said, I mean, he was he was he was still close to the game, even though he kind of sort of kept a low profile. He was still, you know, like you said, mentoring, you know, players and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I mean, Jalen Brown just him. I mean, you know, two of the like the next the new stars of from uh Boston, you know, he was mentoring them. So it was sort of one of those mm-hmm. things where you kind of like, okay, this is sort of the world lost, not just the, the sports world, but I think the world itself lost probably like one a big trailblazer. Yeah, and speaking of being a trailblazer, I was watching the uh, documentaries on, on YouTube yesterday. Both of them are up on YouTube, by the way. The ESPN Sports Century episode of Bill Russell mm-hmm. and the HBO uh, documentary of Bill Russell, My Life, My Way, from the year 2000. That's also up on YouTube. I was watching those last night. And they were talking about, of course, we read this and, and stories were told to us when we were kids, Lakina, back in with the late great Muhammad Ali, he refused to go into into the service for the Vietnam War. They had that famous meeting in the city of Cleveland. It was him, Jim Brown, um, Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and a couple of other prominent black athletes as well. Because remember, at that time, it was the height of the civil rights movement. It was the mm-hmm. height of the Jim, Jim Crow laws, and uh, uh, black Americans were being harassed for just basically, basically standing up for their civil rights. You know, the lunch counter sit-ins in a Montgomery bus boycott of course the honor was a few years before but we were going through that and so they were just checking in to see where muhammad ali stood on on his on his stands where he uh embarrassed in the back the the black athlete in the black mm-hmm. community it turns out he wasn't but they were just concerned about him and, and, and to see if he was on the same page with everybody else trying to get that voice out for change yeah, and it's sort of like I think uh, ESPN has showed like a, a profile. I think that was part of the the, the original Sports Century within that aired. Uh, you, it was him, Muhammad Ali, and of course Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem is now mm-hmm. on, you know the only one left, you know, from that era. So I, I think it's and Jim Brown of, too. A Jim, oh, and Jim Brown as well. Yeah, I can't forget about Mr. Brown. But uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of like sort of like they were sort of like you know I know people won't want you know sports out of you know politics out of sports, but. The, the reality is that sports always been a part of politics. It's been that way forever. And, you know, we saw some of the various things, especially having, you know, a few years ago with the George Floyd, you know, tragedy and, and that whole thing. So we saw, you know, all that kind of reason we emerged and with all the, all the today's players or most of them, both males and females doing, you know, ever, you know, doing protesting and, you know, registering their vote for the first time and whatnot. So it, I think it's sort of like, he's kind of like the sort of, sort of the guy that's definitely, kind of like sort of paved the way for folks. I mean, I don't I think we could probably say for a few years other you know players weren't doing that, but today's players seem like they're kind of picking up the slack. So he's definitely, I think, sort of paved the way for a lot of that, you know, sports and activism and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then we saw, you know, if you guys saw the uh the Lake, you know, the Celtics Lakers, you know, uh 30 for 30, you know, trilogy, I'm sure they they talked about those old, those uh, first early days, you know, with the civil rights mm-hmm. movement and everything, you know, Bill Russell went through and whatnot. And you know, Sid, you know, just mentioned it with all the, the riots and everything else, especially in Boston. Boston, you know, there there's even some some guys from today that still say that Boston's still a lot like that in some mm-hmm. form. So, you know, I, I think the fact that I'm sure they'll do so, I'm sure the NBA will do something. I'm sure the Celtics will do something as well. You know, mm-hmm. kind of honor him and, you know, this season coming up, you know, maybe a patch or maybe they already named the NBA Finals trophy, uh, MVP trophy after him. So maybe they'll mm-hmm. do something else at one now. So they'll honor her at the All-Star game next year, too. So I'm sure the NBA, they know how to do th- They know how to do this type of stuff. They, they did it for Kobe and whatnot. So I'm sure they'll do something, you know, big for Mr. Russell as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the, uh, speaking of uh, today's game, of course, uh, the schedule for the upcoming 2022-23 season will be out in a few weeks. And whoever mm-hmm. Boston hosts on opening night uh, is going to be emotional because, like you said, they're going to do something for Bill Russell. I, I know they tweeted out a picture yesterday. I, I think I retweeted it. I'm not sure. But it's a, a leprechaun Celtic, num- uh, the jersey number six that he wore. I'm sure that's going to mm-hmm. be on all the Celtics jerseys and yes. warm-up jackets. And that's going to yep. be their logo. You sh- I'm sure it's going to be on the floor for this upcoming season. Like you said, Lakina, they're going to do something. They're definitely going to do it big. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that probably look out for. And I know, like you said, you know, he went into, of course, he went into broadcasting. He did some stuff for CBS for a few years in the seventies after he retired, of course, in 1975, he got into the Naismith hall of fame. I don't know if it's up there, but I think I saw it. I think there's some clips of the speech. I don't know if like, like the whole speech is up there on YouTube, but uh, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're going to try to find the people with names. I'm sure they're going to try to find that clip because back then it wasn't televised. So and plus you know, he, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. Right. Not to cut you off Lakina. He didn't no, want to no. do it initially to go to the hall of fame because he, he said in his mind, there was other black players that were pioneers like Earl mm-hmm. Lloyd and others that they didn't get that just do. And he said that it, until they got that just do, I'm not going to the basketball hall of fame. Of course, like you say, he's, he's part of the basketball hall of fame. He, he just didn't go initially when he retired. And also too, and people didn't know this, but you mentioned about the Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell rivalry. Yes, they mm-hmm. were rivals on the court, but they were great friends off the court, as I mentioned yes, before. Uh, what were uh, uh, during the, uh, the during those times in society where Black Americans were forced to live around one uh, area uh, in the Black community because of the Jim Crow laws? Uh, all of them had the same cause to fight for better human rights and fight for equal rights, and both of them connected in, in that way. But they didn't hate each other. They were no. they were playing a game of basketball on the court, but off the court, uh, they were they were the best of friends. And so we just we just wanted to point that out. And also too, Bill Russell, until he got paid for it, he never believed in signing autographs. The last time he did, he was in college. But when he got to the NBA, he didn't do it because he felt, and rightfully so, that not all, but many people felt they were entitled to his. Uh, to his signature, uh, yeah, uh, title to a piece of him without with with disrespecting yeah, him. Probably selling yeah. online. Yeah, it, exactly. He's like, I, I'm not doing it. He's a, one of his teammates, uh, uh, Thomas Sanders. I saw in one of those shows that I watched uh, last night. He said, uh, I was a teammate of his. I was good friends of his. But R- Bill Russell reminded me about three, four times. I don't do autographs. Of course, years later, he signed that deal. Uh, I'll sign an autograph, but you're going to have to pay me. And I, and we always say this quote today uh, as a as young people and just people in general society know your worth. So he yeah, definitely knew he, his worth. He definitely kind of sort of, you know, sort of kind of changed the way that sort of trajectory is too. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, I mean, folks, especially even during that time, they were, uh, you know, they were actually selling those days. This was before eBay and all these mm-hmm. other stuff. Which is even before crazy. trading cards exactly so this is sort of like you know folks were kind of like well ahead of that but to his credit he didn't want to do that you know he didn't want to sign initially because he figured that folks were gonna you know sell his signatures online i think he probably sort of was very you know clairvoyant and aware of that so you know and also too yeah he went you know he went he won back-to-back championships back in the 50s and mid 50s when san francisco that's when san francisco was a huge you know powerhouse like people forget about that you know, way back when, even to like to like the early sixties, they were until UCLA came in and had their mm-hmm. that down their run with John Wooden. So that's sort of like kind of like sort of paved the way from that. And I'm sure they'll, and I'm sure San Francisco will do something for you know for him as well to honor him. I know he's, oh, know yeah. his jersey, yeah, his jersey's retired there and whatnot. So yeah, he's definitely going to be he's going to be a guy that's going to be missed by everybody, you know, you know, by you know fans and 
uh, colleagues and also to, I guess, rivals alike. And look, there's an old clip of between uh, Russell and Will, you know, Bill and Will kind of going back and forth, which is actually it was from the 70s, like the mid 70s. But it was actually pretty funny. But I think they I think you just mentioned they did talk about the fact that they actually are pretty good friends. off. They were good friends off the court. It was actually a media driven that they were rivals. But it, yeah. just imagine it had, you know, back if this was social media, if that had happened. So that probably would not have happened now. But and well, well, not even still, but yeah, I think initially right before that, you know, during, you know, MJ and uh, Magic and Bird, I mean, that whole thing. I know, I know Larry Bird uh, released a statement too uh, yesterday as well, but, uh, you know, it's sort of, yeah, I think Bill Russell's going to be a guy that's going to be missed by everybody, whether you're a sports fan or not. I mean, my mom talked about it and, you know, and she's not a big sports fan, as you guys know, and she, you know, shares some of her memories stuff and, you know, of course, what he said and when I was honest about how, how it was in Boston and playing there, so just a just a, a great guy and i know he will be missed by people you know in and in and outside the sports world yeah thank you to mr russell for your contributions not only on the court but off the court into humanity into society so, so we like to say from all of us at second city sports and sports on chicago rest in power my man and peace and love to the bill russell family on this challenge this time thank you for your service your legacy will never be forgotten and here, here. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna, you know, talk about ML MLB as a whole. Uh, surprise Breaking news. Just, yeah, I'll say that. Pricey trade just went across the wires that are making mm -hmm. kind of like I'm already like scratching my head with that one. But <laughs> I'm sure we'll have our thoughts about that. Of course, we we'll have Jordan Lazowski from Sox and 35th, you know, back with us to talk about the White Sox. That will they be making trades too? And how I still say I'm still waiting for them to show up here. But you know, Sid. Lakita, Second City Sports, Sports on Chicago, and we'll be talking baseball in a bit. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Flex styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for in-July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? 
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We got less than 90 minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And don't forget, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago also on Roku TV. If you have Roku television, just uh, go and tap into the sports section, download that Sports Zone Chicago app today to access our programming. If you don't, you can download that Roku TV app on all uh, streaming devices. You can catch it right there. That's right. Let's celebrate. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. You can access our programming live and or on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. Lakina, let's talk baseball before we get to Cubs and Sox. We have breaking news. If you have more details, please share with us, Lakina. But uh, all-star closer Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers no longer in north of, uh, north, <laughs> north of us here in Chicago. He's not part of the Wisconsin State anymore. He's headed towards the West Coast in the San Diego Padres. Yeah, Jeff Passan just released his tweet about 15 minutes ago. Uh, the return you know, for Hater to Milwaukee is is huge. They got a couple of uh, prospects, you know, from the Padres. Uh, left lefty uh, pitching prospect Robert Gasser, uh, Estery Bruis, uh, who's you know outfielder, right-hander Denilson Lamont, and also two left-handed closer Taylor Rogers, amongst some of the others. Uh, Hater will be a free agent at the end of next of next season, twenty twenty three. And I'm already seeing <laughs> I'm already seeing some uh, tweets and for, including myself too, you know, at Keenan McGee with the Barney Rubble uh, uh, gif with him, you know, scratching his head from one of the uh, the move from one of the, uh, the the specials that they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, it, the the Brewers know that they're in first place in the NL Central, right? Like, did yep. I miss something? Like, did I don't know? Did did I miss something? Did they? Uh, do they uh or were they hope huh wait what can you make sense because I'm, I'm still trying to process this i'm sure brewers fans are too yeah i was going to ask you uh we were going to break down the question of why did josh hater was traded you just said it he's a free agent after next season i'm sure that that they couldn't come up with a contract extension or they think that they just couldn't afford them so let's say well let's just get rid of them now and just from a fan's perspective uh why was this trade made you in first place uh, over the st louis Cardinals, i believe by three games we'll give you the weekend wrap up coming up in a few minutes but you're you're in first place in the nl central the cubs are not a threat we know cincinnati's not a threat pittsburgh's not a threat so it's between you and the st louis Cardinals. why do this now i know they weren't as they're not as as great as their record is well, as at as this point a year ago, but they still have a good starting rotation. Uh, the the bullpen, even though they were struggling towards the All Star break, he's still one of the best uh, uh, bullpens in the league. And and my guess is just because, as you mentioned, he's a free agent after next season. They couldn't pay him. Uh, they weren't interested in paying him. Maybe it's something else. I'm sure we'll find out at some point. But my guess is is that they couldn't afford it. So let's see if we can get some for him now. 
Yeah, they're three games up on St. Louis as of you know, this recording, and I'm wondering, like, I don't know. I know, I know he had it. I know he's been up and down, but he's like one of the best relievers in baseball. So why would you trade your best reliever? I know the, you would think that they probably wait till next year to trade if that's the case, and they want to do it mm-hmm. after this after next season to his contracts up. But it, it just mm, okay. Uh, all right, my I, like again, I'm scratching my head again. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't you know this is just sort of one of those every. Like every trade deadline of every sport, there's always at least one trade that kind of scratches your head. You know, you got we got a couple more days before MLB trade uh, trade deadline, which is Thursday. But uh, yeah, this Tuesday. is going to be Tuesday. Well, tomorrow, actually tomorrow, if you're thinking about it, tomorrow mm-hmm. is the other second. But you know, it's definitely a head scratcher. But okay, I, I I guess. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll we'll see. Will more details come out of this trade? Once again, Josh Hader, the All Star reliever, formerly of the Milwaukee Brewers, has now been traded. To the San Diego Padres, Lakina, uh, we think about uh, Castillo, the, the stud pitcher from the Cincinnati Reds. No more. He was traded over the weekend to your Seattle Mariners. Mariners Maybe, starting yeah. to make some moves. Yeah, we called that said uh, during uh, on Friday. Yes, um, he was a, a guy okay. that's going to be out that was out there, and I think this is definitely uh, somebody that they needed. They feel they lost two out of three to the, the Astros. But you know they they, they and also too uh, our 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 guy uh, Julio Rodriguez he's going to be uh, on the IL with the wrist so yeah you know, he's going to be he's going to be gone for a little bit so they they really need this I think he makes his debut uh, tonight I think against the Yankees so they start a uh, East Coast road trip the Mariners do so <laughs> this is a big a good trade that was actually one of their Achilles heels we know how how much depth they have and whatnot but. You know, pitching has always been an issue. Been an issue for them in the last few years. We saw it in the in the, Ash, the two Astros series in the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I think you know having Castillo there who's a proven uh, who's a proven pitcher and whatnot, who's a proven starter, who is you know sort of one of the, he was winning all a couple of All Stars. So he's definitely he's a righty. So definitely sort of one of those guys where I know that, I think they know that the AL West is out of reach. I mean that's sort of that's the Astros and you know, I think they they probably know that they're twelve games back. But they're still right there. They're right there in that second wild card spot. So I think they really need this to kind of like jump started and to kind of be right there for it. So I think if Casillo, like you said, he starts tonight. So we'll see how he looks. Actually, he starts on Wednesday against Garrett Cole. Well, well, well that should be a good one. Well, even better, yeah. it should be a good one. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. That's a good matchup, too. And we'll see if they can kind of like make inroads here. And like I said, they're still, they're like, they're right there, like in the thick of it in the, in the AL wild card. So, He's definitely going to be kind of like that that guy that wants him. Now let's switch over to quickly to our, our our local teams, the Cubs and the Sox. Of course, the White Sox take two out of three from the Oakland Athletics. As, as simple as I'll put this, Lakina, as a fan, I'm disappointed. But as a talking head on this side of the mic, I'm not surprised at what happened. I was I was at both games on Saturday and yesterday. Friday's game, Lance Lynn, even though he struck out eight, uh, those long balls are coming back to bite him in the you-know-what. And uh, he, uh, like I said, he needs to have a Jose Contreras 2005-type uh, second-half search. The White Sox have, will have any chance of making the playoffs this year via the division or the wild card. He needs to turn it and turn it around quickly. On Saturday, Johnny Cueto looked like he was about to pick up the same disease, but he settled in, and then the Sox came back to one thanks to Gavin Sheets and Adam Engels, a game-winning run in the ninth inning after a wild pitch. Then, of course, yesterday you saw the Sox. They didn't score as many runs because they didn't have to. Dillacy's not as dominant as he was in his previous starts, but he still gave up one run, struck out seven. 
Jose Abreu, his back is continuing to get continuing to heat up. Of course, it looks like Eloy Jimenez has seen the ball very well since he's returned from injury. He hit another blast yesterday. He did. Yeah, the game, well, yeah, the game, the game. Yippee! I mean, you you lose. You okay? You win two. It should have been two, days. but. Well, yeah, I mean, sort of, you know, it's kind of one of those days where you're kind of like, this is sort of the, that that first uh, game was the uh, pinnacle of the Sox season. They, you know, they just, they just didn't have it on Friday. And yeah, they were able to sell it in. And yeah, the, they probably should have lost that, you know, that Saturday game. Of course, Gavin Sheets was one of the reasons why they were able to get back in it. So that's probably the only reason why they even got mm -hmm. that game. So, you know, it is what it is. But I know people keep saying it's a win, it's a win, it's a win. But this team is mediocre at best. So I, I'm sure some Sox fans are probably would rather they not make the playoffs because you're going to be facing, you know, a really tough team. Should you get into, if you, if you, even if you didn't win the division, you're still going to have to probably face Houston like you did, you know, last year, and maybe perhaps maybe even New York or maybe maybe a the Toronto or Seattle. So should they make it? So and even Baltimore, remember Baltimore is sort of like right there too. They're three games back in that third wild card spot. Yeah, Ooh, they're right there too. So <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, look. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. You're gonna be facing a KC team that's actually been. I know they just traded one of their 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 top guys, but that's still you know I they always give you a hard time even at home. So if yeah, you know, the Royals. I mean, again, we'll see. They're we know they're scrap how scrappy they are. So they could always sort of like we would love to you know play spoiler for some of these because they have a lot of uh, games up against you know some of you know their fellow AL Central teams. So mm -hmm. I'm sure they would love to play spoiler for them. Oh, yes. As you mentioned, the Sox and the Royals always uh, do battle against each other. Remember, the Royals took 10 out of 19 from the Sox last year or else the Sox would have won 100 games and the Royals didn't beat them uh, 10 times. And so the, the Sox had their work cut out, out for them starting tonight. As Like I said, we'll get more deep into White Sox dis discussion with our good friend Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th at the top of next hour. But uh, the pressure is still on the on the players to play well. As we talked about, Lakina, they just got to get on the good Winning streak, a, two, a good two-week stretch. They're back in this division. They're, they're within striking distance, two games out. But a, a good winning streak will help them go back on top of, of leading this division and perhaps uh, staying there. But it's going to be a, a fight to the finish. And the, the pressure is on the players first to continue this momentum. Uh, who are, who's second on that pressure list? GM Rick Hahn. I believe he's going to make some moves. Me personally, I think it's going to be a, a relief that people, not too many people know about. And they're going to try to do this patchwork thing. We'll see uh, if that happens or, in, or if that works. But this this team needs a starter. But I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, I think they'll get a, a relief pitcher and perhaps a bat uh, slash outfielder uh, depth to uh, help patchwork this team. And I think that's part of the problem. Patchwork, that's not going to yeah. work if you're trying to win in the division. You're trying to uh, you know, it's even even still you know, get go further into the playoffs in the LCS. That's mm -hmm. not going to get a patchwork isn't going to work for you. So, yeah, yeah, look, we know Rick Hahn's good at his job. And I'm sure he probably get that middle relief that they need. But again, what are they are you thinking ahead to perhaps maybe go beyond the division series or even the wild card uh, game? You can't really think mm -hmm. about, about it that way. So who knows what will happen there and like how they put a cap or to that. So what caught your eye at MLB uh, this weekend? Okay, well, uh, this will go into the national side of things. Uh, the San Francisco Giants taking three out of four from the Chicago Cubs. Of course, as as of this uh, live broadcast, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ are both still members of the Cubs. We'll see if they get traded within the next uh, 24 hours or so. But a uh, shout-out to the San Francisco Giants organization for honoring Will Clark 
on Saturday. I don't mm-hmm. know if you caught some of that. I caught bits and pieces of it on the on a highlight reel. Uh, I remember real Clark. Mm-hmm. He was one of the reasons why. He was the main reason why uh, the, the Cubs lost to the Giants in the 89 uh, National League mm-hmm. Championship Series. Oh, he had a hot bat in the Cubs could not stop him, but that's a whole nother story. But uh, Real Clark was a very good, a very good player. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah, you know, some people say he should be in the Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. I know he was a very good college player at Mississippi, Mississippi State. He State, came yep. out, yeah, he came out of that program. Him and Rafael Palmero. Yep. And so and he had a great as, career. He, yeah, go they ahead. were known as. I mean, yeah, I believe they were known as uh, Thunder and Lightning or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. over there at yeah. uh, Mississippi State. I know they. I know the SEC uh, Network did a. a a story a yeah, that was very yeah, good. Yeah, story, yes. SEC story, mm-hmm. which was really good. So if you guys haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Maybe they'll repeat it. I'm sure at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these you guys should really check that out. Yeah, he he said that this is this is this is his Hall of Fame. So, but he should be in. I don't know why he's not, but you know that that's a whole that's a whole different uh, space as, as I'd be telling friends. So. Yeah, and also uh, what I noticed in that series, shout out to Carlos Rodon last night. It was a great <laughs> performance. Uh, by the former White Sox lefty as they, uh, they shut out the Cubs for nothing. Rodon, he'll look good in the Sox uniform right now. I don't think that's going to happen, but I just wanted to give him some love for last night. Yeah, he, yeah, I think it was, well, yeah, I'm sure, look, I'm sure like White Sox fans would love to have him back because unfortunately, you know, the Giants are not in contention. They're 17 and a mm-hmm. half back, and I think they're like, what, five or six games out of the wild card. So, yeah, they, he'll, he'll probably be on the move again. I, again, like I said, I don't know if, you know, who, who could probably you know pick him up, but it'll def you know he was definitely dominant. You saw a little bit of that. And I'm sure White Sox fans would love to have uh, Mr. O'Don in that in that uh so he's nine and six, but uh it'll be interesting to see if he does you know mo- get moved because I think a lot of teams would love to you know the Yankees and whatnot. So I'm sure that they would you know guys that probably would love to you know have his services and whatnot. So yeah, so a solid start by him yesterday and sort of. <sighs> I don't know, like, you know, the judge is, the uh, court is, is in session, as they say. Uh, a one uh, era judge, you know, for, is it, I think there's sort of like, he's kind of like the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. He reached 40 mm-hmm. home runs. He had, he also had another uh, multi home run game over the weekend, too, you know, against the Royals, mm-hmm. even though the Royals actually kind of gave, you know, the Yankees all they could handle. So uh, it's kind of like one of those things where he's the, He's the first uh, most by Yankee has ever had in a single season. And it's sort of like crazy how some of the numbers that he had, he's the first player to reach 40 uh, home runs by the end of July since 01, where uh, Barry Bonds and Luis Gonzalez both did so. And the only other Yankee to do that was uh, Roger Maris and a one Babe Ruth. So uh, continues to uh, be, as I, sorry about that, uh, as as a hmm. judge continues to kind of show you why he's right there, like in the thick of it for MV- AL MVP honors. Also, too, uh, they're doing it without John Carlos Stanton. As I mentioned on our last show on Friday, he's mm-hmm. out uh, on, on the IL uh, for 10 days. Hopefully he can return because, as we said all season, Lakina, if both Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton both stay healthy, uh, the Yankees can go far. Now, no, not, not too many people expected them to have the, a strong start they did uh, to start the season, but they've maintained it up to this point. Yeah, just amazing what the Yankees been able to do. Like I said, he like we would say though, they need pitching though. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I'm sure I know they made some inroads. Uh, they got a reliever from the Cubs. So yesterday, so well earlier about an hour ago. So we'll see if they make any more moves. And a uh, shout out to James Altman from the Dodgers. It is first uh, at bat, his first swing 
his first big plate appearance in the big uh, the big leagues. He hit a home run, had three RBIs and three other hits as well as the Dodgers take three out of four from the Rockies. You know, exercising that little house of horrors there at Coors because they that's been sort of like a big you mm-hmm. know kind of like kryptonite uh, this season. So they won three out of four. So Dodgers fans can relax now. But uh, <laughs> what do you think about his performance? Oh, shout out to the young men, you know, it's, uh, like all the other uh, major leaguers uh, that they, they work so hard to get up to, to the to, to the show, as the kids would say. Um, uh, great job by him. Like you, like you mentioned, the Dodgers, uh, they're trying to hold out the San Diego Padres. We'll get to them in just a second, but they're trying to hold out the Padres for the NL West title. And like you mentioned, Colorado is one of those teams, uh, just like everybody else who are uh, bottom feeders. They're trying to uh, put play spoiler to those top contending teams. And so the Dodgers went in there and took care of business. And we'll see what happens with the Dodgers going forward. Uh, what kind of moves will they be making between now and tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m.? You would think Walker Bueller, he's as of right now, he's uh, their starting pitcher. He's due back in September. Everything goes according to plan. You still have uh, Tony Goslin. You still have Anderson. Uh, you mm-hmm. still have Clayton Kershaw, who hasn't gotten hurt yet. So they're lucky right there. But if you're GM Andrew Freeman, you, you, you think you would try to at least get one more starter if you can. Yeah, they also get a, a reliever, too. That's been sort mm-hmm. of an issue there. Get that middle reliever there, too, for the Dodgers. And we'll see, like I said, they got about 20, about 20, like 29, 28, 29 hours or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, to have it. Cause like I said, it's not till five. So we'll, I'm sure they'll have more news on that and such. So we'll see if there's any more, you know, other things, you know, going on here. But uh, what else sort of caught your eye in MLB? Uh, apparently, uh, Mike Trout could be out, could be turned sometime this season. Um, you know that back. Ugh, I mean that that you just you, you kind of you feel for him because he's actually on his way. He's seen a specialist. He just saw a specialist, and I, you, you kind of feel for him. And you know he's done the you know, exercise and whatnot. It hasn't really gotten, hasn't healed up. So just you know you just, you feel for him because one of the best players in the league, one of the most recognizable players in the league, and now he's going through this. It's just you know terrible what he's going through. He might have to be a career DH at this point if that back doesn't continue to get better. It, it, it's a shame uh, he's been the face of that franchise for his whole career. He's only had one playoff appearance, and that was a quick three-game sweep of uh, thanks to the Kansas City Royals who were going to go to the World Series that year. Of course, the following year they would win it all. But it, it, this is not his fault in terms of uh, the type of teams that he's been playing under throughout his whole career. And, mm-hmm. and, and if this, um, if unfortunately that bad takes injury takes a turn for the worse, I'm, I don't want to, I truly don't want to write him up, but we may see his career being altered now. So he, he probably cannot play the field anymore. Remember he came up, everybody talked about his bad, but it was his defense that really uh, stole the show. Mm-hmm. And, now that and so you'll be, be missing it. that if that back injury doesn't heal up properly. And you really yeah, have to be might... careful with those types of injuries. Yeah, that might because we're not talking about just him still... playing, but for the rest of his life as well. Yeah, definitely. And he, you, you kind of feel you feel for him because, like I said, he's done stretching exercises and that hasn't worked. And you kind of feel for him, but like you said, we may have we may be seeing him in the DH a lot more. So you know, this is sort of like you know, you know, you'll get well soon, and hopefully we can get him. You know, see him back on the field, even if it's just for a DH uh, this uh, coming season uh yeah uh, it's a toronto the blue jays they went three out of four against detroit you know keeping pace right there in the wild card uh you know matt chapman hit a two-run home run of course burials gets the win to kind of mm-hmm. put a cap in that series against detroit so three out of four 
All right, let, let's keep it going. Uh, Blue Jays, we'll see if they make any more moves. You know, they've made some moves already. We'll see if they make any more moves uh, right before the trade deadline tomorrow. Uh, what else sort of like caught your eye this week in MLB? Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays struggling, losing two out of three to mm-hmm. Cleveland. Of course, Cleveland is trailing the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central by one game. Of course, the White Sox by two. But uh, Cleveland, they're not going away just yet. Tampa Bay, uh, as we talked about before, Cleveland is a good team, but Tampa's been struggling the last few weeks. They lost the series to Baltimore on the road mm-hmm. earlier this week. They had their struggles against Boston uh, a week or so ago at Fenway. So uh, Kevin Cash and the crew, uh, they got to turn it around. And also, too, the Boston Red Sox losing two out of three in their interleague series at home to the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think that's sort of the thing that might sort of we'll put a cap on that. We saw them, they traded J.D. Martinez already, so there might mm-hmm. be more guys on the move for the Red Sox. So if that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, you know, pick up right away. Of course, you know, shout out to Justin Verlander. Uh, he finished the month with a 1.81 ERA, you know, this season. That's the second lowest qualified ERA entering August by a pitcher, 39 or older. You know, of course, you know, Roger Clemens did it in 05. It was a one. Point four six. So, what do you think about Berlin and what he's done at his age after also coming back from uh, injury uh, last from last season? Yeah, it's nothing short of remarkable. As you mentioned, he had Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, especially for a player like him at his age. Uh, it, most people would uh, write him off and say, "Oh, you did a lot in your career. Uh, you don't have nothing else to prove, and you should just hang it up." But he said, "No, I still got something left in the tank. As long as I'm still uh, pitching at my highest form, I still have value, and he's brought value." Uh, to the Houston Astros. I know he has his World Series ring via 2017 on, on that squad, but he's still uh, one of the best young pitchers in the league. He's up for the Cy Young Award. He's a uh, he's a, a candidate in that. And so uh, he's been at the top of that rotation for the Astros for the last couple of years. So uh, as long as he can pitch at a high le- level, obviously healthy, then keep it going. Yeah, it's just amazing what he's done as age. Coming back from Tommy John, I don't think anybody thought that he could come back, especially at his age from a surgery like that. So just about the amazing what he's been able to accomplish and have a, a strong ERA and be right there in the thick of it for AL uh, Cy Young. And also, too, uh, one of the reasons why the Astros are in first place and well ahead of, you know, in the AL West. So just uh, mm-hmm. amazing and what you know he's done and his, his accomplishments. So uh, let's see here. Uh, of course, uh, of course, the Soto, Juan Soto rumors, you know, haven't gone away and, and such. So it's sort of <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so it's it's crazy. Some of the teams, I know some. I I see, like you said, the Dodgers and Yankees, and those are kind of the main ones. Some people say the Brewers might, you know, might try to make a go at it. So what do you think? Will he be traded? Will Juan Soto be traded by tomorrow, Tuesday? No. Will he be traded this offseason? Yes, just like we talked about on our last show on Friday, Lakina, uh, the market would be set by then because as of right now, teams feel like they're being rushed or they'll have to overvalue, oversell to get Juan mm-hmm. Soto. During the offseason, the market will be set. You can take your time with this. You, you don't feel like you have to be rushed, and so you can't get anything by these general managers. So I think Juan Soto will be traded. It just won't be by tomorrow. I'll be shocked if it was by tomorrow. You see any other uh, big names that are going to be on the move tomorrow? Uh, I'm still waiting for Wilson Contreras. I know there's a bunch of teams that have been calling for him, in particular the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres. We'll see what happens with that. David Robertson, I think he could be the next one to get moved. 
I know the White Sox could use him. And there's a few other teams that could use him. Minnesota Twins, perhaps the Cleveland Guardians could use him. So I expect David Robertson, the closer of the Cubs, to be moved. Ian Happ uh, is 50-50 whether he gets moved or not. I know many people in Chicago Chicago expect him to get moved, but he's drawn some interest, so he may uh, uh, he may go tomorrow as well. So many names, so many names. We'll see if there'll be any big moves tomorrow. Of course, we'll keep you guys updated. Press, of course, here on Second City Sports and on Sports of Chicago as well. Some other shows I'm sure we'll mention it as well. So, Sid, let's talk about uh, this week. This week's games. Some really good series coming up. Yes, yeah, starting with the uh, with the White Sox tonight. They'll host the Kansas City Royals for three games. Uh, that's at seven ten p.m. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Florida Marlins will do battle in South Beach. The New York, yeah, the New York Mets will travel to our nation's capital to take on the Nationals in the NL East rivalry. The Mets are trying to hold out the Braves in the NL East uh, division. Of course, you mentioned the Yankees and the Mariners will start their three-game series tonight. Luis Casario, as we mentioned, he'll pitch on Wednesday afternoon versus Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium. Arizona will visit Cleveland to take on the Diamond Bet uh, to take. The Diamondbacks will visit Cleveland to take on the Guardians. Mm -hmm. If you're a White Sox fan, you're rooting for Arizona. We'll see what happens in that series. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, uh, who lost two out of three to San Diego over the weekend, uh, they'll return home at Target Field to host the Detroit Tigers for three games. Uh, it's not as easy as you think. Remember, Detroit took care of them the last time they were at Target Field over a month or so ago. So we'll see what happens with that. Boston and Houston Astros would do battle. The first game is tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN. I believe locally on Nesson in Boston, Kevin Millar, who resides in Texas, will be a part mm -hmm. of the Boston TV crew yes, for that three-game series. I, I really like Kevin Millar. He does a great job on MLB Network with the Tensional Talk, along with Chicago's very own Steven Nelson. So Kevin Millar will be part of the Nesson crew on the Boston TV side for this series. And then, of course, you have Baltimore at Texas against the Rangers. Of course, the White Sox will visit Texas starting Thursday on the road for that series. Uh, Colorado and San Diego will do battle tonight on the West Coast. And then you got the L.A. Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. Two teams that cannot stand each other will do battle started tonight by the Bay. Remember, uh, a week or so ago, uh, after the All-Star break, the Dodgers swept the Giants at Dodgers Stadium four straight games. And the uh, cap also the other series. This will be a doubleheader tomorrow, that Colorado-San Diego series. It'll, that that first game will be at 310 uh, uh, ESPN+. Plus. Then you got this really good one. We talked about it a little bit. Toronto at Tampa. Toronto mm -hmm. trying to you know, keep, their role, keep it on the roll in Tampa. Really needs to kind of get something going here if they want to be kind of like right there in the AL <laughs> In the AL East, and of course, Oakland and uh, the Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Southern California or Orange County, depending on how you look at it. And of <laughs> course, you got Philadelphia and Atlanta. They start their series. I'm sure Philadelphia trying to keep pace in the NL uh, wild card, while Atlanta's trying to keep pace with the Mets in the AL, in the NL East, I should say. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think you covered the other. Yeah, series. the Brewers yeah. and the Pirates start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, that should be interesting. Well, of course, Brewers mm. without Josh Hader. I mean, you know, yeah. with that one. Uh, still trying yeah. to figure that one out, but that's a whole different thing. Yep. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead. As you listen to Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago, I'm Sid Deslakina. When we return, our number two kicks off with our good friend, Mr. Jordan Lazowski from SoxOn35th.com. He'll give us the latest on the Southside Hitman. We'll have our old school TV Monday salute. We have some news for you around the football gridiron and a whole lot more. Don't you move a muscle. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in the 11 color, right here on Sports Old Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Flex styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for in-July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or come for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, That breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? And welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, our first show of August. My name is Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest coming up, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Before we continue, we must remind you that Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. That's right. Sports Zone Chicago can be accessed on Roku TV. You have already have a Roku TV. Just tap into the sports section, and you can go type in Sports Zone Chicago to download the app today. That's right. Liam Hendricks loves it, and you should too. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you don't have a Roku TV, Wherever you have a streaming device, just download that Roku TV app. You can access all our programming right there. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week. You can access Sports on Chicago live and on demand. And kick out, kicking off our number two of this family's program to talk White Sox and what can they possibly do. 
by tomorrow's trade deadline is our good buddy from Sox on 35th. He is the one and only Mr. Jordan Lazowski. Jordan, welcome Yay. back to the show, my man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. It's good to be on. Always a pleasure with you too. So looking Always. forward. Yeah, no. Yeah, you. no problem. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time. Before we get started, we just want to say congratulations uh, to you guys. And, of course, Sox in the basement. We had Chris Lanuni on last year doing our preview show. Congratulations to you guys. So striking the deal with NBC Sports Chicago. You can now see this lovely young man on your television uh, all the while, too, outside of Sox math. So, <laughs> so Thank congratulations you. Thank to you guys you. I on that. I appreciate it. Yay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get started. Jordan, I was there yesterday and Saturday. As a Sox fan, I was disappointed, but as a talking head on this side, as you well know, I expected the Sox to take two, two out of three from Oakland, especially given the way this team has been playing all year. It, sh it should have been a sweep, but the Sox will take two out of three in game one game uh, behind the uh, off the Minnesota Twins as they lose two out of three at San Diego. So Cleveland trails Minnesota by one game, while the White Sox trail the Twins by, by two games. Give us your assessment about the weekend, this past weekend series against Oakland. Yeah, you you got to win these games. Like everyone keeps saying, this is the easy part of your schedule. This is where you're going to make up the games and mm -hmm. you got to go out and do it. And, and was it the prettiest at every point? Hardly at all. Like th there were no true like, oh, yeah, this is the team that's going out and taking care of the second worst team in the American League. Um, so it's still frustrating from that aspect. Don't get me wrong, but wins are wins. You, you need them at this point. You just need to keep stacking them. Now you get the Royals, you got the Rangers after this. It's like now is the time to stack them. And even though it wasn't super comforting in terms of how they got the wins, they got the wins at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for uh, Jordan. You, you've seen my tweets. I'm still waiting for like, okay, this is the easy part of their schedule, everybody. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Conv convince me that they're going to you know take over the AL Central uh, lead and not really go shit. Convince me, please. It comes from two aspects. The first is this team is too talented to continue to do this. Like it still feels like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. It may never come, but it's like you saw the talent last year. It's hard to just say it's never going to come. And even if you say, okay, they just keep playing at the same level they've been playing at. Maybe they get a little bit better with the easier schedule. The reality is the twins and the guardians are also not good. Like it, one of them should have run away with this division at this point. And the fact that they haven't tells me and should tell White Sox fans, like you still have a chance. There, there may not be a runaway in the division just because no one seems ready to take it away, but you're still two games out and you really haven't played good baseball all season. Like that should give you some sort of hope. It's like, Oh, they'll eventually either they'll eventually figure it out or just the twins and Guardians won't figure out, and the Sox kind of sneak their way in. Because if you look at on paper, it's still the most talented of the three teams. Talk to us about your guy, Dylan Cease. Uh, uh, he has now 11 wins on this season. I know he didn't have the greatest of performance yesterday, but he still get, gave up only one earned run. Uh, he's one of only uh, two pitchers to ever do that in his last uh, 12 starts, I believe it was. I know he gave up the early home run, but I wasn't worried like some Sox fans were yesterday. So like I, like I said, the, the Sox offense did show up and they helped out uh, Dylan Cease. And Dylan Cease qualified for the win and he got it. But talk to us about Dylan Cease. You, you can see that he really changed his mechanics a little bit from two years ago to last year, and then uh, he's still uh, continuing to uh, be more dominant this year than he was at this point last year. 
Yeah, he's a different pitcher every year. It's first, it's a, from a mechanical basis, but also the way he attacks the zone changes, the way he throws the slider changes, the the way he attacks hitters and counts changes. Like confidence in throwing a three-two slider is something you probably wouldn't have seen a few years ago. So mm-hmm. it it's mechanics based, it's stuff based, but it's also just having the confidence in your stuff to go out there and say I'm better than every single one of you guys in the lineup and, and pitching as such. Uh, so it's been a joy to see from that aspect, truly, because when you have stuff that's that good, it's only a matter of time until you eventually figure it out. Mm-hmm. How about to follow up on that? How does he have a realistic, realistic shot to perhaps gain the AL Cy Young, or at least being kind of right there as among the finalists? He's top three, top five at this point. still. I think Shane McClanahan out in Tampa Bay and Justin Verlander in Houston those are your other top two right there. So it's it's going to come down to these last two months. If you continue to do what you've been doing, yeah, you're going to put yourself in a position to potentially be top three, top five Cy Young. Um, it'll be hard to say. No one's really pulled away yet. So it, it'll be these last two months to say, like, oh, here's the clear-cut favorite. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited because it, it's been really good baseball from him. Our guy, Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th, is joining us right here on the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you talking White Sox baseball. Jordan, let's go over to the White Sox office. Uh, like, like I said you know, for yesterday's game, they didn't need a lot, but they did enough just to get by Oakland to take the series. Uh, one of the players I want to talk about is Eloy Jimenez. Ever since his return from injury, pick which time, but uh, we'll focus it on uh, this this go around. It, it looks like he's starting to see the ball well. His first couple at bats, he nearly got it out, but in the first pitch in the seventh inning yesterday, he finally got one. Now, uh, are, can we finally uh, say that Eloy Jimenez is back, or do we need to see him continue to do this for the next several games? I hope so. I think the more data you have to say, yes, this is for sure him, the better. Um, but he's looked good since coming back. He's hitting the ball with authority the opposite way. He's not trying to pull everything, and what he does pull goes out of the ballpark. Um, so he has a good approach currently. It's going to come down to, you know, do you continue to adjust as the league adjusts back to you, and do you continue to stay healthy? It's the biggest thing. You can't get in a rhythm if you're not on the field every day, and, and that's what it's going to come down to for him. So I'd like to say yes because the approach has been good, but you got to mm-hmm. stay on the field. you got to keep racking up those A-Bs. And he hasn't hit his face across any fences. Yay! Exactly. (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) Yes, baby steps. Baby steps. Now, for me, Jordan, I think one of the reasons that the Sox are where they are is because of the miscues on defense. (laughs) Like, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, someone kicking a ball or, you know, Larry Garcia, what he did trying to outrun, you know, our cores and whatever. Who knows what happened there. Now, I'm I'm hoping they can bounce back kind of that. That's just sort of like weird, like, I don't want to say like your basic things that you should learn in little league or something, or, you know, a ball. Or can, you know, can they avoid making those silly mistakes that have been plaguing them? And that's probably why we're, that's where they are right now. One of the reasons. It, it's weird because like, for example, you got a guy like Tim Anderson making a lot of weird mistakes that he usually mm-hmm. does not make. So you want to say, yeah, these guys aren't going to keep making these mistakes. They'll figure it out. Like you're going to get what you're used to from these guys. But at the same time, you know, there's been undisciplined play in, in terms of getting picked off of bases. Um, just the way they approach at bats, the way they approach fielding balls in the outfield and kind of 
just attacking baseballs and giving up extra bases. There are things to clean up, and, and I'm hoping they look at that and they say, okay, th- there's a lot we're losing on the margins here. That's the difference between a couple wins and losses here and there at the end of the day. So, so what can we clean up there and kind of help out? So I think it's something where they're going to have to focus on it. So when it comes to, let's just say they get in in October, teams will take extra bases. Teams will make you pay for your mistakes more than maybe an Oakland Athletics team will make you pay. And speaking of the outfield, Jordan, I want to focus on Luis Robert. Of course, he missed the last three games at Minnesota before the All-Star break. Hasn't played since due to lightheadedness. He was supposed to return uh, off the injury list on Friday, but he uh, he missed the last couple of day- games in his rehab start. I don't want to put this out there, but let me just first of all say this. I hope he gets better as a person and mm-hmm. health-wise. Obviously, that's way more important, but uh, I don't want to put this out there, but I have to just for a journalistic perspective. Uh, do you think that Luis Robert, we may have seen the last of him of this season, or do you think he, he'll still make an appearance before the season concludes? Probably not. I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. I think the team has continued to put him out there. He's taken a couple um, rehab starts down in Charlotte. So I, I think that there's an optimistic sense that he should be back. And they really haven't given the impression that he won't be. Um, so I think they're taking it day by day, week by week, you know, something where you can't figure out exactly what's happening. It's tough, but you hope being a younger ball player, kind of the health eventually corrects itself in some ways. Um, but I don't think it's something where we should worry that he's going to be out for too much longer of a time just yet. Again, it'd be something where they'd have to let us know that for sure. Well, let's hope that it's nothing serious. Hope we can be back mm-hmm. soon. Uh, with the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, Jordan, do you see Rick Hahn? We know we know he's known to kind of like you know make moves out of nowhere. So, do you see him like making any kind of like big moves, or or as we talked about, you know, just now before we came, before you came on, patchwork a middle reliever, you know, to eat up innings and you know those type of moves. Yeah, it'll. I I mean, they've mentioned. Um, relief pitching, right field, and second base. So it feels like we've talked about this a lot every single season, and we go through the same things every single <laughs> season. But uh, left-handed relief pitching is an obvious one because Aaron Bummer's hurt. Tanner Banks really hasn't produced. Um, so you're kind of stuck without a left-hander back there, and you kind of need one. So that that's one relatively cheap but good option that I expect to get picked up. Um, and then maybe a left-handed bat. Maybe a guy like if the Giants sell a Jack Peterson or um, David Peralta was a good name before he went to Tampa Bay. Those types of players who are probably platoon players, um, but still get the job done in a way that Gavin Sheets isn't currently getting it done. A.J. Pollock isn't currently getting it done. Um, So those sorts of things are are going to be what comes up. And I think it would probably be more of the patchwork type stuff um, versus a huge splash. I would be surprised, but I, after watching Kimbrel last year, I wouldn't be um, ruling it out. Halfway right home with our guy, Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports. Sid Lakin here with you talking White Sox baseball. Jordan, I don't want to put a damper into the parade, but uh, I was watching Liam Hendricks yesterday. I know his last two outings, uh, he's given up a home run in each of those. Yesterday, he uh, he did let a base runner on, but because it was Oakland, uh, he got out of it and the Sox preserved the series win. Are you worried about him at this point, or do you think he's just going through a minor bad stretch right now? It's something where, you know, you're just going to go through a, a minor tough stretch. You know, it, it happens. It's 162-game season. 
Um, and these things are going to come up. So I, I think it's something where, you know, ride it out, be ready to ride it out and be ready to good to go as you get towards the end of the season. Um, too much talent there to really worry too much, truthfully. How big of a surprise has Johnny Quaid been? They literally like, you know, got him off. I don't want to say off the scrap heap, but he was literally like on the streets. And he's actually been, you know, he, okay, yeah, he had a bad outing. Not not a good outing against the A's, but they were able to get out of that, of course, you know, thanks to Gavin Sheets. So how big of a surprise has Quaid been this year so Oh, far? he's he's been awesome. It, it's cool to watch someone who's truly like a true pitcher, who works differently, works with different timings, different sets. Um He's been awesome. So I, I hope he continues to produce in these next couple months, but I, I, I don't see the reason why he won. He is truly a pitcher who can kind of weather like deteriorate deteriorating stuff. Maybe it's not as good as it used to be. Um, he, he's a true pitcher like that. All right. Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. You can catch his work at SoxOn35th.com. Of course, they're partnering with NBC Sports Chicago, so you can check him out on your television on occasions. And mm-hmm. you can follow him on, on Twitter. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, it's at JLazowski14. Um, so between there and Sox on 35th, you'll, you'll find plenty of me. And he's a Dylan Cease guy. If you happen to uh, be Absolutely. disrespectful to him, he's going to put you in your place. So don't you disrespect <laughs> Dylan Cease. He's going to come exactly. after you. Exactly. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jordan, for taking out of time, your busy schedule, to join us. Uh, great job, as always. Uh, we'll talk thank again you. soon. Hopefully, it'll be uh, closer to the Sox clinch in the playoff spot. Let's hope, yeah. hope, hope for the best for our Southside Hitmen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Can't wait to talk soon. And congratulations to both of you two. Continue to do good work. And hopefully, I'll see you at the ballpark. All right, Jordan, also- take care. Thanks, take care. Stay safe. Take care, everyone. All right. All right. That was, of course, Mr. Jordan Lazowski. Of course, you know, it was great to hear that Sox on 35th is now part of the NBC Sports Chicago family. Yeah. I think, thankfully, you know, like I said, you're going to see Jordan, you know, besides the Sox, man, which he actually is very good at. So, uh, yes. I've never been able to figure out some of that stuff that Jason and be trying to, you know, the formula. I don't know if he, I don't know if he comes up with that formula or they had the producers do it, but it's, it's pretty difficult. But yeah, it's sort of, you know, just a great showing. And you make sure you guys check that out. And yeah, and Dylan Cease, I think, is also, he makes uh, honey, I think. I think he makes his own honey. I thought I saw that with other reports. Yeah, he did with, uh, I saw to that effect. Yeah, I was like, hmm, yes. interesting. Yeah, interesting. He knows how to make his honey. So, yeah, so uh, make sure you guys are sure there's going to be more information about that, too. So, very interesting there. Uh, so, so uh, we got about 10 minutes left. Where do you want to go to next? Uh, just a couple, before we move on, just a couple of things about the White Sox. I know Jordan's running short of, on time. We think of him mm-hmm. for him joining us, but I want to talk about T. Yeah, no, TLR, uh, Tony La Russa, for those of you scoring at home. Uh, it, it, the news came out within the last week or so that he signed a three-year contract. Remember, Lakina, we were talking, especially off the air, mm-hmm. that, that no one knew how long that he signed a contract to uh, manage the White Sox. Now we know that he's in the middle of the three-year contract. And I, I said this to a couple of fans uh, at the games over the weekend. I'll say it to you in our audience here. If the White Sox should miss the playoffs, I don't think he should return. But if they barely make the playoffs and get the same results like they did last year, I don't think he he, he should return. And here's right. With all the his bad decision-making that really uh, put one of the many reasons why the Sox are where they are right now, if you're the Sox, I know Ryan so likes to do his 
things his own way, but mm -hmm. you just can't run the same squad back next year. And if you Rick Khan, we talked about this before too. We talked about this a little bit last year. If Rick Khan doesn't have the full control to set the roster the way he wants it, uh, there's going to be problems there. Let's just say LaRusa goes uh, after the season. If you're Rick Khan, if, if you're telling Ryan Starp and crew, you're not going to let me pick my own manager, I could be out of here too. Because remember, and Jerry Reinsdorf is LaRusa's guy, not Rick Hahn. Yes. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if that actually has been discussed. I wouldn't be surprised by that. We know Rick Hahn kind of, like, keeps things, like, very close to the vets and very, like, you know, I like kind of, like, outside stuff, you know, outside just that. So we're not – I'm sure there have been, you know, some discussions about that. For me, I think you're right. If they don't make the playoffs this year – or if they end up like they were last year, they get in and they lose to they, they get they get blown well not blown up but they get their butts kicked by like it's like I said like a Houston like they did last year or by New York or by one of the wild card teams like like a Toronto mm -hmm. or Seattle or something like that I probably would especially since if next year is the last year of his deal I would say just you know what thank you thank you uh, Mr. Russo thank you for your services look we tried it we tried it after forty years it still didn't work. Bye bye, and you know I think hopefully Rick Hahn can actually find the manager that he's always that he's wanted and set the roster like he always wanted because mm -hmm. this feels like this is this is a Rick Hahn's team. It feels like so you're going to have the same problems next year if if he doesn't if it loses doesn't I'm coming back. Yeah, and and also too, uh, let's look at it here with all the with all the uh, managerial moves that uh, that didn't work for Larusa. It's been scrutinized a, a million times, including us here on Sports on Chicago and Second City Sports. If you do white sites, you cannot uh, run this back again, and you cannot go through another year of skeptical managerial mm -hmm. decisions, questioning, uh, questioning those managerial decisions that. It turns out uh, against you like some of them have, have been this year. And here's the thing, and I said this too on this show before, and I said this to a couple of fans uh, at the games over the weekend. If this this continues, mediocrity continues. You know, the White Sox have been drawing good crowds this year, especially on promotional days. But yep. if, if this continues, you're going to lose Sox fans and the ones mm -hmm. that are on the fringe because they're mad about what the Cubs are doing up there up north. If this continues, those fans are on the fringe of jumping on the White Sox bandwagon or not, you're going to lose them forever. It's and sort of the wonderful. White Sox cannot afford that. No, they can't. And it's sort of, you can tell by, you tell it's packed over a G rate. But again, you kind of feel like if we wouldn't be having this conversation if this, this team was in first place, like they should be. But right. they're not. They're struggling. They're struggling against teams they shouldn't be struggling against. You know, and then, look, the only, and we've been saying this, you know, ad nauseum for months now. They're in a bad division. They're basically like mm -hmm. the tallest tree and like in a bad, you know, a bunch of, and they're like the tallest of uh, forests uh, amongst bad trees or something like that. I, I was trying to make it up, but it, it didn't kind of get lost in translation there, but that's mm -hmm. basically what it is. They're not a good team. They're not, they're mediocre at best. And I've been saying that for months. Everybody's yells at me about like, Oh, okay. You're, you're being, you're being nitpicky. Look, what, look, look, look what happened. You know, Anderson had a, a couple of errors in, in that Friday's game. He's, you know, of course, we all saw what happened with, with Lurie over at uh, at Coors Field. That running error that cost <sighs> the Sox a, a chance to get that. You get that. They probably would be uh, there in first place, or at least tied for first right now, had it not been for those silly mistakes and whatnot. So mm -hmm. you can't. I know. I know. We. I know. We hear. You know, our you know, our guy Jordan, of course, our girl is Alyssa Bergamini. You know, who does you know, a great job over there at Sox Park, but I, I feel like I'm not. I'm not there yet with this team. I'm not. And like I said. 
you know, when they lost on Friday and the way they lost, that's basically the microcosm of what this team has always been this year. So at least yeah. they're consistent on that. You can't, I know Robert's been out the last few games. You know, hopefully he's feeling better. Hopefully he can come back this week, but it, it's, it's been, it's been the same movie over and over again. We're doing this again for like the second year in a row. Only difference is that now they're in third place instead of now in first place. They were because they were questioning about the last year and they were well ahead. So yeah, so we're, we're going through the same thing, you know, sort of like it's the same movie again. And again, we're just rewinding it. So I, I <laughs> so convince me, convince me they can win, they can, they can win the division. Convince me. They're in a bad division. They, that's why. <laughs> well, but, uh, besides that, well, if you have no other uh, excuses or no other reasoning, <laughs> then I, I, you, you're, you basically lost the arguments. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I was going to ask you, did you catch my tweet after Friday's game? I said, how many more yes, bad losses like this that, yes. uh, that will the Sox have left in the tank for this year? Because as you just, we, we talked about as soon as the Sox, you think they're going to start to get on a roll, and we're at this point again. Uh, they they take <clears throat> two steps forward, they take three steps back. Now, we'll see what happens tonight against Kansas City. As we mentioned, they start a three game series. Uh, Michael Kopech starts tonight, Lucas Giolito tomorrow, and then Lance Lynn on Wednesday afternoon. I'm sorry, as of right now, I'm counting that as a loss already. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But uh, uh, news real quick, Tim Anderson, who, quote unquote, tapped and bumped the umpire on Friday before he was kicked out for arguing balls and strikes in that Friday game in the seventh inning. We should hear some news uh, about that later today and to see if he, uh, he says uh, the news came out over the weekend that he's going to be suspended for three games, but he has a right to appeal. So he's been playing ever since then. So he hasn't missed a game yet. He may be in the lineup tonight. He may not be. We'll see what happens if new, if and when news comes down on that later today. So uh, we'll keep our eyes out on that. But Lakina, like like you said, it's no tomorrow. This is the first day of August, and, and it's go time. You one game over five hundred. Let, let's see what you're made of. And Rick Hahn, I know he's working the phones as of this moment. I'm sure he'll speak to the media sometime tomorrow after five o'clock, right before mm-hmm. uh, the second game of that series. And we'll see what he says about the acquisitions, acquisitions or non-acquisitions that he made. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and of course, uh, I, I think that TA will probably get get two games. I get it'll be reduced by one. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll probably maybe get a one or a two game suspension. I think for that little bump, but you, know, you got to be smarter than that if you're Tim Anderson. You can't really, especially when you don't have a you don't have a good rep already. So I think you may need. To I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you're you're kind of being grown as not, as not having a good reputation anyway. So this is not, this is this doesn't help. <laughs> so and I'm sure he'll probably get maybe two games, maybe that the most I'm sure he'll get reduced, but yeah. But like you said, Sid, I mean, they can't, they can't do the injuries anymore. Cause like I said, the only person that's out right now is Robert and hopefully he'll mm-hmm. be back later this week. Like I said, you know, there, there really is no excuses. Now you have an easy part of your schedule coming up. Of course you got a little bit bumps here and there with, you know, with Houston, you got to play Baltimore who are right there. You can't take them mm-hmm. lightly either. They've been kind of like you're, you're the thorn on your side too. So yeah, at this point, Show me, show me, uh, White Sox, because uh, I'm I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Yeah, yep. So am I. But just a couple of concerns of mine before we head to this bottom of the hour break. Lance Lynn, even though I counted Wednesday's game as a loss, but he has mm-hmm. to show and prove that he's one of the uh, top pitchers on this White Sox set. We know is Dylan C's first, Johnny Cueto second. Lance Lynn, he has to. Uh, improve on what he did on Friday. Friday was not good at his previous start against the Guardians last Saturday night. It was good, but he took a step back in last Friday's loss against Oakland. We'll see what he can do against Kansas City. Michael Kopech, I saw him stretching in the bullpen before uh, yesterday's game. Getting his 
bullpen session in. Uh, I was watching his right knee uh, very carefully. Mm -hmm. It looks like he's okay. We'll see what happens tonight as he takes the start for the Sox in the opening game of the series against KC. Of course, Lucas Giolito, I'm concerned about him too. Uh, would, me personally, if I was managing the Sox, I would yank him out of the starting rotation, but the Sox are not going to do that. And well, and Lucas Giolito going to have to just figure this out, but he's got to figure out in a hurry. He goes tomorrow in the second game in that series against KC. Very interesting, this series. I don't want to say this is a make-or-break series for the White Sox, but anything less than a, a sweep of the Royals – I don't know what else to tell you. Like I said, we're in August now. We're going. We're about two months yeah. left. Got two months left, so so let's let's get it going. Yep, you two you two games behind the Twins, one game behind the behind the Guardians. You're right there. Hmm. All right. I'm again still waiting. Still waiting. As we approach <laughs> the bottom of the hour, we're gonna have got a lot to do. Still, Sid, we've got to talk about Yo Debo Samuel gets his money, and of course other happenings in the NFL. Also, to old school TV Monday and some sports media news sprinkled in between as well. Along with Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And we'll have a lot to pack in these last, this last half hour, but you know, tune in and we'll, we'll give you the news. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For Lightning Fast Sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Flex styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? Welcome back to Second City. Mm-hmm. 
gotta put some respect on those rejoins. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to the last segment of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kim McGee on the IG. And we have less than a half hour of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us during any of our topics on today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And don't you forget, you can catch Sports on Chicago now on Roku TV. That's right. Sports on Chicago is on Roku television. If you ever always have a Roku television, just tap into the sports section. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. That's right. Justin Fields likes it, likes it, and you should too. Get up, Chicago, and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have a streaming device, you can download the Roku TV app. You can access Sports Zone Chicago right there. All of our programming, live and on demand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Oh, yeah. Whatever device you have, you know, it's all right there for you. You know, just put it on the search engine box. On your favorite, uh, you know, app store, and it's right there for you. You know, Sports on Chicago. Download, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yes. Now we have some NFL news to pass along. One player in particular that we've been talking about this all season, Lakina. Uh, it's been several players we've talking. We've been talking about this all season. One in particular. We'll get to the other one in just a minute. But one that resides on the West Coast got fresh cash. Yes, he did. Uh, Debo Samuel got fresh paper from the 49ers. Of course, he was there, he was he's been there at camp, but he hasn't practiced. Kind of like sort of like their way of because you'll get fined if you don't if you don't actually oh, show up. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but uh, he got his uh, fresh paper. Uh, three years, I think seventy eight million, if I'm not mistaken. I got yeah seventy three and, yep. and a half. Yeah, seventy three and a half. I think about yep. like about fifty of it is guaranteed. If I'm yeah, fifty eight point one guarantee. I'm just reading the numbers right now on my TV screen. Nicely done. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he got got his paper, and uh, they made it official. The 49ers did. So uh, I know uh, GM John Lynch has been you know very adamant that they're gonna. Yeah, they they wanted to keep uh Debo on the team. Of course, he is one of those sort of like those two, you know, those two-way guys. You know, he he can, you know, catch, he can play defense, and you know, made the Pro Bowl last year and is finally getting his uh his due due. I mean, he, he was the only player with 1,400 over 1,400 receiving yards and 300 rushing yards in a season in NFL history. He mm-hmm. has eight, he had eight rushing touchdowns, most by a wide receiver in a season. In the NFL, in history, led the NFL 18.2 yards per per reception. Of course, we know he, you know we know he can do it on both ways of the of the mm-hmm. offense. He can, he can we can run. He can you know, catch. He can, we we also saw him throw it too a couple of times last year as well. Yeah, actually, he probably he probably I'm sure he'll probably play defense too. But uh, yeah, just definitely uh, deserving of that uh, that little fresh paper there. Yeah, so we we talked about all last year, Lakina. Debo Samuel was used in multiple ways. It, it actually increased the chances for the San Francisco 49ers offense to be that much more uh, dangerous, even though they had Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, for those who's going at home, at quarterback mm-hmm. last year. And that was one of the reasons why this one of the reasons why the San Francisco 49ers were able to play the now world champion Rams in an NFC title game last year. And we talked about it early in this offseason, Lakina, that 
uh, GM John Lynch was not happy of, of, about what uh, what he's receiving from Jimmy G. We'll get to him in just a moment, but he couldn't find a trade partner for Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel was right. If you're going to pay me, pay me, but do not pay me to be a running back because we all know that running backs are basically much obsolete in the NFL right now. It's not the primary position anymore. It's the wide receiver and, of course, the quarterback. And so I got uh, what where De Debo Samuel was coming from. I'm a wide receiver. Yes, you could use me for wide screen versus a, a here and there, but I'm not a running back. Pay me as a wide receiver. You, you draft me as a wide receiver, you're going to use me as a wide receiver. And if that's the case, you're going to pay me as a wide receiver as well. As you said in the first hour, we talked about the late great Bill Russell. Know your worth. And Debo Samuel mm -hmm. knows his worth. Yeah, now he's practicing right now. As we speak for the 49ers, and I think it's sort of like deserving of what how much I guess the team values him, and like, and like, like I said, you know, just a minute ago, you know, Lynch, you know, John Lynch made sure that look, I'm not, you know, I'm not letting this guy go. So of course, you know, from the trade rumors and such, you know, saying he wanted to trade, and now he's actually one of the highest played wide receivers slash running back slash whatever you want to call, you know, other because yeah. he's probably played in the NFL. So you know, definitely got his fresh paper, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Now, as far as Jimmy G is concerned, of course, we talked about it on Friday that. He has, you know, gotten the go ahead to pursue trade partners. It'll be interesting, you know. This, you know, basically both uh, Lynch and you know Coach Kyle Shanahan said that this is basically Trey Lance's team now. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see if they can find a trade partner for one Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you see any kind of like takers? Let's see. Maybe the New York Giants. I know they're going with Daniel Jones with that rookie head coach uh, Daryl Gable. We'll see what happens with that. We always know that. Uh, that each year, Lakina, that there's a quarterback that's on the uh, on the fringe or it gets hurt in training camp. So I know John Lynch is waiting on, on that because he has a he, ha he has a, a trade piece in Garoppolo. So we always know that injuries do happen. This is the game of football. So we always know there's a couple of quarterbacks that are on the fringe or they surprisingly get hurt in these preseason games that will be coming up here in the next week or so. And so it, you have to play this smartly. And so I think that's what John Lynch is doing, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's like I said, I think the Giants or Nays have been floating around there. There are a couple other teams as well. We'll see if they can find a trade partner. Perhaps they could try to do it before the uh the start of the season. I think it'd be very interesting there in that front. So but also too, probably the big news. We've been we've been avoiding it. I get I don't know if we've been avoiding it, but you know, of course, uh Bengal uh, no Browns quarterback, I should say, uh Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for allegations of multiple sex assault allegations and such now we're not going to spend like a whole hour talking about it like if they did on get up or like two hours like they did on a uh, first take earlier this morning that's not what we do here but uh i'll say this the nfl you know this is this is from a third party and you know the nfl actually has the right to appeal or extend it or whatnot they can do their own um you know they can do their own suspension as well i know the players association have said that they you know they have uh told the NFL that they don't want them to appeal it. You know, Sue Robinson, who's a former federal judge, she made the decision. And this is, this is actually what they agreed to, the fact that they're going to have a third party. But the NFL will have a final say. So, Sid, you, I'll let you go first, and I'll have my uh, thing. Like I said, well, we'll like I said, we're not going to go into, like, a whole tangent about it. But, yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead, Sid. I know many people expected Deshaun Watson to be suspended for a year. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen because, remember, he set out last year when he was a member of the Houston Texans. So I think that was his, quote-unquote, year suspension. So he, he hasn't played football in, 
in almost a year and a half. And so he sat out last year. So I didn't think he was going to sit out two or four years. It just uh, didn't make any sense. Now, as you mentioned, the NFL and the Cleveland Browns and Watson's people have been being for the last few weeks. And so I expected between six and eight games. I know uh, there was a rumor out there he was going to get suspended four games, but it's all about optics here. He, he, he was going to get suspended. And you remember, we talked about it when the schedule came out. Uh, the uh, Cleveland doesn't have that tough of a schedule to start out the first half of the season. I know four of the first six games are at home, and they have a couple of easy opponents in there. They can get a couple of wins out of that before Deshaun Watson uh, can return in week seven at Baltimore, I, I believe, when this, he's eligible to return to play in week seven. But uh, I expected between six and eight games. I don't know the, um, many people that I've read and said that the Browns organization, they expected this. So they uh, six games as of right now, if it holds, I think it's going to benefit – uh, the Browns in a short in a short term. I know Jacoby Brissett is going to start for, for the Browns. Uh, they they actually made a transition for Brissett to take the first snap mm -hmm. starting today at that practice. Deshaun Watson can play in the preseason. Uh, he's eligible to play play in the preseason if he wants to. I don't mm -hmm. think he's going to play in the preseason because you know they they know he's going to be suspended for the first six games of the year. But he's once the regular season starts, Watson cannot participate in practice until week four. And so uh, it looks like uh, at least it looks like Cleveland won a few things they've done right as an organization uh, to to get this this Sean Watson situation. Um, they, they they knew about his baggage when they acquired him earlier this offseason. Uh, they, they're playing the cards they've been dealt with. It looks like they've been doing a good job uh, of it so far. And so they expected this. So I don't think you're gonna see uh, any fumbles, no pun intended, from the Browns organization. Yeah, I know that people have said yes. He, he sat the last year and he got he got paid. I think that's what people are saying that they thought it was going to be a season, but I didn't think they were going to do that just before the optics of this because mm -hmm. it, you know because of the fact. I know, look, I know that's not a popular opinion risk for some people, but it is what it is and such. So look, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about it because I think there really is no point. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And, and look, I'm sure they want, look, it should the NFL, they got, they got about like a, like two and a half days to decide whether or not they want to appeal it or they can make it eight games if they want, or even 10 games. I know that there's going to be folks are comparing this to, you know, Calvin really got, you know, got a year for, you know, for betting and uh, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, I should say, got, um, I think six because of PEDs and whatnot. Yeah. So I know people mm -hmm. want to kind of compare, but I know. I think I saw Ray Rice trending. Of course, we all saw what happened there. But I, I think look, you really can't compare suspensions because Ray Rice that was years ago, and then all this other stuff. And you know, social. And the NFL and really dropped the ball on that one. That's why they're yeah. in this position right now. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why. So it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, oh, I don't, like, what else? What else? I mean, I don't think anybody was going to be happy with any suspension. Mm -hmm. Like people were gonna have, were gonna, it's gonna it's gonna be scrutinized regardless. If they if he had been suspended the whole year, people would have been saying, "Oh, that's too much." Now you got people say, "Oh, a six game. Oh, well, that that's still too little." I mean, what what was gonna be the number here? So I, I said, like, yeah, you know, some of you guys are probably won't be talking about this by the by the start of the season. Most of y'all aren't gonna be talking about this. So I, I think, you know, I'm like, okay, if 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 NFL uh, extended it to eight games, okay, fine. If it stays at six, okay, fine. Let's just move. I'm not saying let, let's move on, but I think this is like no one's no one was gonna be satisfied regardless. I think that's my point. Yeah, you pretty much summed up what, I, what my thoughts were on this. We all knew that it was gonna get suspended, but but for how long? And the NFL had to be careful here about the optics, especially as you mentioned, uh, Ray Rice. Uh, it was uh, two totally uh, different situations, and 
we know how the NFL handles things that they handled um, many things like this uh, poorly in the past. So they had to be careful right here. Now, uh, one last point I'll, I'll make about the subject before we move on. And you, uh, you spoke about get up this morning. I did want to point out a comment uh, that Dan Oblowski made this morning. He was talking to Greenberg and, um, Dominique Foxworth used to play in the NFL, and he was part of the NFL PA. He said, if I was Deshaun Watson, I would talk to Michael Vick to see. And he did point out that the Michael Vick case, of course, with the dog, dog fighting and everything, it was two totally different situations. But he said, if he was Deshaun Watson, his people reach out to Michael Vick to see how you would handle these uh, handle crisis like this and see if you can get back in the good graces of the public. I said, it's not a bad idea, but it's two totally different situations. And uh, would he benefit from that? I'm not saying he wouldn't, but do you really think it's going to be make that much of a difference or is it just another PR stunt? Yeah, it's sort of like one of those things where would people are going to embrace him? Should he do that? I mean, it's sort of like one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, I know what, what Michael Vick, there's still folks who hate, who don't like him and who hate what he did. And even then, I think that's sort of like, you know, like I said, that they're really... They're good. Folks could have their opinions and whatnot. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure he could probably try to reach out to um, Vic's people, but or, or even Vic himself. I'm sure Vic's probably reach out to him. But again, these are totally different circumstances. But then there are folks that are more in tune to what Vic did and what Deshaun Watson allegedly did. So uh, again, mm -hmm. you're kind of darned if you do and darned if you don't. So I, I would say like maybe he can reach out, but it really isn't going to make much of a difference. At least I don't think. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the all new Monday edition. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can uh, list, uh, go and uh, uh, type in your comments at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Any of our subjects we discussed on today's show, you can type it in uh, either of those places there. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Before we head for Old School TV Monday salute, Lakina, you say you have some uh, news regarding the sports media world. Do hold on here. I gotta find it uh first. Uh, it's sort of it, it, it's interesting that you know that the Deshaun Watson knew that that kind of dominated a lot of the uh the NFL world and and uh and whatnot. And it's sort of you know kind of like the lighter things in the uh and that kind of thing. Of course, we talked about the uh the Angels trade rumors and whatnot. Uh, also to us. Yes, Suzuki gave a foul ball to a <laughs> to one of his biggest fans at that Giants game uh, yesterday. So you know that 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 video has kind of actually kind of has gone viral. So if you guys haven't you know, had a chance, you know, check that out uh, and such. Okay. But the way it was sort of like you know presented and whatnot, this was a couple of takes ago. It, it was just funny and such. So if you guys haven't haven't seen uh, the video, you know, make sure you guys should check it out. Uh, it was a fan. Uh, I, I, you know, it's really hard to tell. I mean, you know, he caught the ball. It was a fly ball that ended the inning, and he, you know, and Suzuki threw threw the ball, and I think you know, there was like a fight for it. So it was just crazy how that whole <laughs> thing kind of worked. But uh, yeah, just I really just check that out and such. Not really too much going on, you know, here in the NFL, uh, on well, sports media uh, verse, as I, I should say. There was a viral video of uh with uh Peyton Manning, and I guess uh, I don't know if you saw this. That I'm trying to get it up now before we. Okay, I didn't get see it yet. Too. Yeah, you haven't seen it, but yeah, uh. He was at a Broncos training camp uh, today. Of course, this just happened today, and you know he, you know he embraced. Of course, you know, Russell Wilson. Of course, he is now the new QB. Or going to trade him and sort of, you know, sort of like you know talking, you know, through with him and you know as he was watching practice, I'll talk, talk about uh, Peyton was. 
it was actually a pretty cool site. So if you guys haven't seen it, you know, check it out. And of course, everybody went nuts. Broncos fans are crazy on social media. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just just check that out and such. I mean, they were seen, you know, talking. He was seen watching practice. I know he was talking to some of the players after practice. So uh, yeah, just a pretty a pretty cool uh, moment there that kind of went viral in the NFL. Yeah, and one bit of piece of news from the television side of baseball before we get to our salute. Uh, ESPN uh, drew a multi-year high for our Subway Series broadcast this week, uh, last week, rather, between the uh, New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Of course, the two game series were broadcast nationally. The first game was on TBS, and the second game was exclusively on ESPN. This is the highest-rated ESPN um, uh, game in, in three years. And so uh, we talked about where the people think that the Yankees and Mets will mean in this year's World Series. Me personally, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, it's, it's great for business to have in baseball to have two New York teams do well. But I was just thinking about this the other day, Lakina. Remember, this is before uh, MLB Network, especially, and before Fox really took mm -hmm. off. Uh, remember, yeah. ESPN was the exclusive home of Major League Baseball. You remember, yep. it was Monday Night Baseball, especially. Wednesday night baseball, sometimes Fridays before the college mm -hmm. football season. Yep. And now they're just reduced to one or two days a week. And like yeah. I said, thank you to MLB Network and streaming. And yep. uh, times and have Fox changed. By the way. I remember, yeah, and like I said, Fox too. So ESPN really dominated the 90s and the, in the mid-2000s. But once MLB Network came in 2010, I believe, uh, everything yep. started to change. But ESPN was allowed to broadcast some games. Uh, during the week, uh, especially during those first few years of uh, MLB Network, now it's just down to one or two days a week. Yeah, it's sort of strange. really changed. Mm. Yeah, I was say it's really strange how that has changed in the last like fifteen years. I mean, they were really, I mean, ESPN, especially like you know the last few years, that weren't really showing that much baseball anyway in the last few years. One of the reasons why I think that Subway Series last week, you know, rated so high was because both the Mets and the Yankees are good. Usually, mm -hmm. it's just the Yankees and the Mets are kind of like meh. Now this, you know, now this year, you know, Mets are in first place. Of course, Yankees are in first place running away mm -hmm. in their division. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why it rated so high. Now will it be a will it be a Subway Series and the World Series? And I don't know about that, but again, you know, we'll we'll, we'll figure that out, you know, as if when we get down to that. But yeah, you know, there was you know Monday night Monday night baseball after the football season or right before the football season, depending mm -hmm. how you look at it. Uh, Sunday night baseball, of course, you had Wednesday night, then you have Friday night sometimes, especially in the you know, pennant races, especially. Mm -hmm. You saw that. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, times have changed thanks to MLB Network and streaming. And also, Fox 2, Fox Cup, they have a, a couple of weekly games too, besides the, the big Fox, you know, game of the week and such. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, things have changed and probably not for the better, as some people would say, but that's a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Yes, it's a whole different conversation there. Uh, around this time, Lakina, we do our old school TV Monday salute. And this week we will salute, as soon as I get my screen up, we will salute the ABC TV sitcom from that ran from 1986 to 1991. Head of the Class, that's right. Head of the Class were premiered uh, on, uh, on September of 1986, and it ended in May of 1991. The series followed a group of gifted students in the Individualized Honors Program in a fictional Miller Fillmore High School in Manhattan, New York, and the history teacher, Charlie Moore, which was played by Howard Hessman. The program was a vehicle for Hessman, best known 
for his role as a radio DJ, Dr. Johnny Fever, on the sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati that ran from 1978 to 1982. Has been left head of the class in 1990 and was replaced by Scottish comedian Billy Conley in his first major American production as teacher Billy McGregor for the final season. After the series ended, Conley appeared in a short-lived spinoff titled Billy. The series was created and executive produced by Richard Eusistus and Michael Elias. Elias had previously worked as a substitute teacher in New York City while hoping to become an actor. A revival of the series was ordered and was co-produced by Bill Lawrence's Odusia and Warner Horizon script to television and was released on HBO Max. And this was uh, was released uh, uh, a year before uh, 2020. So we would like to talk about uh, the TV show Head of the Class. Of course, I don't think it's running now, but I know a few years ago it was running on Antenna TV. Yeah, and, I saw that. Doing, and so I don't know if it's still running on there now, but uh, it was nice watching those episodes again. Lakina, I remember the last couple of years of that program, of course, when they uh, they were running, I believe, on TBS for a while, a while in, yeah. the, in the 90s, and then on WGN, the Superstation, I caught up uh, some of the earlier episodes. And I think they're on WPWR TV locally here in Chicago, too, for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if I memories, think so. If, if memory serves. So I caught the early episodes uh, in reruns, but I remember the last couple uh, years when they were on ABC, of course, the, uh, the new teacher at the time, Billy, of course, uh, Howard Hassman, I was shocked when he left the show, but there was some great superstars that came out of that show. Of course, Dan Schneider, the, the, the big chubby fat guy, of course, he's been doing well uh, in the children's uh, cartoon TV department. Of course, Robin Gibbons, of course, remember she was dating Michael Jordan before mm-hmm. he became big uh, during the start of her uh, television career. Of course, uh, you have, um, who else that came out of there? Michael DiLorenzo, New York Undercover. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll salute that show down the road. Shout out to our guy, Evan F. Moore. He was been tweeting about uh, watching uh, that series on his IG and Twitter over the last week or so. But Michael DiLorenzo, that was the start of his, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, was on, uh, it was the start of his, a big break of his television career. He, uh, he, uh, he was a part of that, television cast you had some unknown stars of course my girl that played maria she was on the sopranos in in the yes, 90s yeah so yep. she was another big star that came out of there so it was a really very very well uh, uh a diverse cast you had some great storylines they talked about uh topical issues related to the times of course they were on the late 80s through the early 90s so they had issues that related to their age group and to the times that uh, they were living in of course don't forget I think Richard Pryor's daughter was on that show too for Rain a couple Pryor, of yep. yeah, Rain Pryor, yeah, yeah. yeah she played TJ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was a delinquent, but uh, she she wasn't really a bad kid. She was actually very smart, but she found some structure as her character on that show, and it, it was a great show to watch. There was there were fun, creative kids. Some people compared it to uh, what was that show that John Travolta started in? Uh, ba- uh, Oh, welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, Carter. Yeah. yeah, some people compared Head of the Class to that show. You kind of have some um, similarities to there, but Head of the Class was ahead of the time. I think, we, remember, we talked about this before we signed on to Sports on Chicago. We talked about this before with that show work in today's times. As I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, the, the reboot came out a couple of years ago. In a couple of weeks when I'm on vacation from my other gig, I actually had a chance to check it out, and I'll give you my review then. But remember, we talked about could this show work in today's times? I think it still could if it's, if it's produced right. 
I think it's sort of one of those things where one of those shows where I think if, if again, it has to make sense for 2022. I mean, I know that I heard about that. They have a female teacher, sort of like a Mr. Moore type, you know, female teacher. Now going back into, I think it's on HBO Max, I think. Yeah, I don't know if, yeah. I don't know if it mm-hmm. got picked up for another season, but I've heard some, you know, Absolutely, I'll say it's okay, but you know, I think like I said, they got to make it sense now. But I remember Dan Fish, Dan Frischman, who played Arvid. That was my guy, Arvid Ingen. He said yeah. a few years ago during <laughs> the, the retrospect. Yeah, he said that look, it was it was cool to be smart. I'm not, I'm not yeah. it's not verbatim what he said, but yeah, he said that that was kind of like the show because these guys were you know like the top of the class. You know, they had you know geniuses and such and whatnot. Of course, you know, Mr. Moore. Of course, you know, you know rest in peace to Howard Hesman, who died a few uh, a few months ago, passed away early this year. He kind of, of course, you know, the Reagan years, of course, <laughs> you know, some of the comments, you know, of course, Mr. Moore made about uh, about uh, Mr. Reagan um, and such. They actually went to Russia, which in the, I think in the third, the, the second season, or second or third season, they went to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yep. to compete in, uh, against their kind of like their MIT and their kind of type, you know, um, such a word, Fillmore High. And, and uh, of course, you know, Robert Gibbs, of course, she was dating Mike Tyson, you know, right before him, before he became a big star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Robbins, who's like the king over at uh, Nickelodeon, you know, I think he's, I, I think he's like the head of content over at Paramount Plus now. He's been with Nickelodeon for years and whatnot, helped produce some of the, or develop some of the shows, you know, like, like iCarly and those types of shows, you know, some, yeah. of, the, some of the big, the big hits there. Uh, of course, Kimberly Russell uh, played Sarah. They had a very nice time. Yeah, she was in Ghost there with Bill Cosby yeah. after that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, remember that. Was. Yeah, Michael DeLorenzo, of course, you know, uh, New York Undercover. Torres, of course, well, I got my issues with that show, but that's a whole different... Uh, we'll discuss that different when, it, when it comes, when the time's appropriate. Right. We'll discuss. Yeah, they, yeah, they had a, yeah, they had an Asian actor on there. They had an Indian actor on mm-hmm. there. It was like one of the first shows to kind of really show the diversity of the students because some of the shows weren't doing that. So in a high school, and this was in New York City. So I think that's sort of like kind of show mm-hmm. the diversity there and how everyone was smart, of course. Some of the, you know, in the later seasons, of course, you had Aristotle and, of course, like, like you know, uh, Alex, of course, like my doing Rizzo played and some of the other uh, guys. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Vicky? Vicky from yeah. Florida. The blonde yeah, one. The blonde. <laughs> yeah, the blonde. You know, very, yeah, very like, smart, like a fox kind of thing. I think she yeah. proved, I think she proved that, okay, she's not, she's not like the stereotypical dumb blonde. So they got rid right. of a lot of the stereotypes there. Uh, Kei Hu Kwan, who I'm, I'm sure folks you know, remember some of the various shows he did, and also too, he was on uh, he was on Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, believe it or not, you know, way back, way back when. So he uh, he played Jasper, of course. He they added him about halfway through the fourth season and such. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I actually liked those that last year with Billy Connolly. I think he brought a new, like, freshness to the show, of course, you know, him being Scottish. I think he kept the you know, brought his own sort of like his own blended humor and whatnot. I actually seen him do a couple of specials beforehand. So it really was a big joke. They actually did the seasons by like semesters. Cause by the yeah. time, you know, Billy came on, it was their, there was a the last semester of their senior year. So they just, just took it up from there. And of course that became like the whole last season. So it would have been nice if, if Charlie, if Howard Hesman had that, I still don't know to this thing. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if like, he decided not to do another season, you know, it was just one season left, but that, that's yeah, we never got the full story why he left. Yeah. Yeah, so we never really got the full story of why he left. I mean, it was only like five seasons. It was only meant to last that long. So I don't mm-hmm. know there. But, but like I, said, I, I think Billy brought a new like new energy to the show, a new freshness to the show. And when, of course, Brad Pitt you know, made an appearance there as Maria's boyfriend. That's right, uh, yeah. A couple of the other uh, – I forgot who else was on there. Shoot. There were a couple other stars. Of course, uh, Ray Pryor's TJ. She you know, was in Remedial, but then you know, the, the she came onto the show, and the producers liked her, and the audience did too. So – 
they mm -hmm. actually she actually brought another different element to the show where this is a this was a person that went that was on the rough side you know of the tracks wasn't like you know hanging out with the rough crowd came from usually remedial and ended up actually being part of the head of the class so her yeah. tj's journey actually became what the head of the class is all about of course the other folks were established so and once i know some people felt that the show kind of once uh maria and uh uh Janice, remember young Janice? I know. I know yeah, she's I was just getting bring her up. Yeah, the, the, the child genius. Her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she. Was, I think the actress is now an acting coach now. She's been doing it for years. I remember uh, Gerardo Law. I think once they left and they brought, uh, they brought uh, uh, Vicky and Alex and I think Aristotle too. He was actually yep. named mm -hmm. after the painter Aristotle, even though he or the philosopher Aristotle. He was nothing like a philosopher. So that was actually pretty cool. But yeah, I like the fact they actually try to do stories with each of the each of the each of the guys, the mm -hmm. the, the, the students. You know, they actually did like different stories with them, so that way no one will feel left out. So that's the one thing I actually liked about the fact that they actually did, you know, they they, they did accommodate all of the students, <laughs> which I think that's that was a big cast too. So I think that had not been very easy. Yeah, it was like I said before, it was a very diverse cast, and one of my favorite episodes is when remember that episode when they did the um uh the they had to do a video for the time oh, capsule. Video. Yes, yes. That was one of my favorites. That is one of my favorites. I'm sure you can catch it on YouTube somewhere. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I think it was doing their second season or first season. They did the uh uh, uh you're so bright. Well, yeah, where I got a rare shades. Yeah, shade. I was like, that was awesome. I was like, that's it one of my favorite me. episodes ever. So uh, you can catch that clip on YouTube. Uh, uh, I was like, that that you know, that was just young kids doing their thing, they were in high school. And like you said, you mentioned the, uh, the episodes. I think it was a two-part episode where they uh, went, to Russia, went to Russia, and then yeah, they the did an episode now. with the uh, I forgot uh, Dan Schneider's character. I forgot his name, but Dennis, he did a Dennis. protest because of the cafeteria food. Dennis, yes, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> well, funny thing about that uh, about that uh, that hit uh, Future So Bright, uh, Tim Buck Three. That was a one-hit wonder for them back in '86. If you listen to the uh, the Steve songwriters there, they said that that was it wasn't meant to be a dance hit. It was actually talking about nuclear destruction, which was happening right. at the time in the mid '80s. So the fact that it became like a cool poppy dance hit that like, that kind of came out of nowhere for them, they were like, "Wow, really? Oh, okay, we'll we'll take it." But that wasn't what the song intended. So of yeah. course that I think I think once it appeared on Head of the Class, that's when it became a big hit. It was actually still like in the top twenty, but once it aired on Head of the Class. You know, of course, yeah. that was in licensing fees and stuff like that. That was back then you could actually do that. The networks were able to do that. It actually right. was number one. So, you know, just a crazy something like the bit episodes and whatnot. Just they, you know, they cover various issues and such. So they were, of course, it's a high, it's high school. Of course, you know, you know, dating and of course, yeah. Remember Eric's character? I forgot the uh, the girl's name. Her real name is Chrissy Hygie, but I forgot uh, her character name on the show. But remember, they were the good girl, a uh, good uh, bad boy, good girl couple. You know who I'm talking Simone, about? Simone, Simone, Simone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, they 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 started dating for a minute. Yeah, so yes. yeah, they had a, all the various uh, teen issues and uh, political subjects. So they weren't afraid to tackle the issues of the times. Yeah, they they didn't, and also, well, yeah, and also like, it was the mid '80s. They they had, and I think they did a drug episode too. Of course, yep. like all '80s show, all '80s shows. That was like a prerequisite. All they '80s shows had to do a drug. How y'all they had a drug episode? They had to do a drug sometimes a drug episode. So it was, yeah, it was just uh, uh, funny. But yeah, I mean, it was actually look, it was one of those shows where could it work now? Sure, like I said, I don't know how good. I know there's a show on uh, HBO Max you know, with the same name. I think it's the same, uh, yeah, one of the same mm -hmm. producers helped develop it, but. I don't know if a show that that could work. I think if you may have to change so the the complete trajectory of it and the same mm -hmm. uh the different subject matter. But 
I think it could work. Like I said, I don't know if it, I don't know if it got picked up, but, but another season. Yeah, I know like I said, we're in, soul, yeah, we're in a social media age now. Of course, none of that existed back then. Like I said, you barely had cable TV back then, but there was no internet, no social media, no cell phones. And so, nope. you, so you really didn't have that many options. Now you have all these options slash distractions yep. now. So, yeah, so uh, things on that front alone change. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so it's sort of like I said, it was one of those shows where I feel like it doesn't get its due, but we're going to give it its due right now. And like, you know, and like a uh, dad, a uh, dad, a uh, freshman said, you know, play Arvid, it was, you know, smart to be smart and cool to be smart. So we salute head of the class on this edition of Old School TV Monday. Sid, take us out. All right, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Stream it somewhere, folks. Somebody, if you got, if this, you got the newer version, why not put the, the old version on there too? Uh, Hulu, Peacock, HBO Max, somebody. You can follow me at Kino McGee on the Twitter and at Kino's going on the IG. Make sure you download the sports show on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download our podcast, Second City Sports, at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Smash that like button. Share this program to any and everybody you know. And we are unapologetically fun. We have definite, very definite opinions. And you can catch us, Second City Sports, live and in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live and in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And one more reminder before we close out, you can catch – Second City Sports, along with the other live programming right here on Sports Hall Chicago. We are now available on Roku TV. That's right. You can catch Sports Hall Chicago now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap into the sports section and download that Sports Hall Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, you can uh, download the Roku TV app on all your streaming devices where available. You can catch Sports Hall Chicago live and on demand right there. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. Get with the program. All right, whatever devices you got, we're right there for you. All the other shows, uh, of course, Sean and Maya, of course, you know, the Smoke Fellows and What's Up Cuz. Now we got a couple other shows that are going to be coming down the pike a real soon, just in time for football season. So make sure you guys get a lookout for those. And uh, look, stay cool out there. I know it's hot like just about everywhere around the country. Yeah. <laughs> It's and it's going to get hot here later in the week. Yes, it will. So, uh, yeah, stay cool, stay dry. And if you're not going to get vaccinated or wear, you know, just make sure you wear a mask, you know, wash your hands, and be good to each, to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Happy August. Till then, go Sox. Holla. <laughs>